So let's pray, ask God for help as we turn to the scripture this morning. Lord, I just thank you that you are overflowing with love today. I thank you that you are with us today. I thank you that you have spoken to us, Lord. We thank you for the, um, the teamwork in the family, those that are doing children's ministry today, the worship team that serves so faithfully. And uh, Lord, we thank you for your goodness in this place. Lord, I ask that you would come and speak to us here and now. Help us to be ready to hear from you. Help us to be ready to learn of you here now in this place. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right. So we have uh, started a series uh, called Building Ecclesia. Uh, This is City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus you're kind of always asking that question, what is Jesus up to today? And Jesus said, Matthew 16 and 18, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. We saw the prayer of Jesus for us in John 17 verses 20 through 23 that included uh, these essential thoughts. For all who will ever believe in me, he prays. He prays for all of us. That includes us that they will all be one. He prays for our unity. He prays for our love for each other in our unity. And in his prayer for unity, which is repeated in other places as well as here, we see that there's a purpose, the purpose for that. And this should be looked at for us as a part of our purpose in gathering today, our purpose in being in strategic, intentional relationships with each other is so that the world will believe. There's a purpose for it. There's a purpose for that. We should love each other. We should care for each other. And and what we see in the Scripture is that for us as Jesus believers, as Jesus followers, that our care for each other, our support of each other, the purpose of that is so that people who do not yet know Jesus as Savior would believe that He is the Messiah, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. Our love for each other, our gathering here in a public place as the called out ones, the ecclesia, called out of our homes for this specific identity and purpose, that it would point to Jesus, that even though we have uh, diversity, we have many different ways in which we are unique from each other, that our love for each other, our acceptance of each other, our care for each other, our support for each other would have that purpose, that it would point to Jesus, His identity as, as Messiah, that it would be, hey, look at what Jesus has done in my life. Where I did not have peace, now I have peace. Where I did not have joy, now I have joy. Where I did not have freedom, now I have freedom. There is purpose in that gathering. So I find it really helpful for us to go straight to the source, to learn from the source, what is our purpose? Why do we gather? Why are we here? Why would we put up the, put in the effort? Why do we get up on a Sunday morning? Why do we follow Jesus uh, during our week? Why do I, we identify ourselves with Jesus? Well, His purpose, I think, is both more simple than often we make it, and more powerful than we often realize, and also more strategic. There are more next steps that are revealed in Scripture than we might recognize. And one of the, I want to look at uh, this morning is what were they praying for? 
What, what was the prayer topic? What was the prayer list of these folks who heard the words of Christ himself? They heard his voice. They heard his tone of voice. They saw his eyes. They, they heard his direction. They responded to him. They heard him give them the Lord's Prayer, which we have spent plenty of time on. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. They heard, how did they then live? How did they then pray? So we've, we've talked a little bit about how and why they organized as a church in response and obedience to the Lord Jesus. Now let's just look a little bit at how they prayed. So we're going to look at some scriptures today, and we're going to be a little bit uh, interactive today. I want to hear from you what your observations are and the plain, simple truth of what we see revealed in the Scripture. And if you're taking notes, a part of what you might want to um, start to be thinking about is what were they praying for? What was the what was the prayer list? So let's start in Ephesians. Ephesians 1. I'm going to see the references on the screen there. Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. Well, I'm going to start with verse uh, 16. I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called, His holy people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. So, what is the prayer request there? Somebody talk to me. What's the plain, simple truth? What is the prayer request there? What's that? Okay, so wisdom and knowledge to know God better. Yeah, we see that there. Praying for their learning more about Jesus, learning more about their relationship with God. What else? What's the plain, simple truth? What's the prayer topic? Grow closer to God? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. Exactly, that your heart would be flooded with light. Experiencing His love, you can respond with love. So, in Ephesians, as with many of the letters in the New Testament... Every use of the English word you is a plural and it is written to the local church and it is a prayer for the local church that they would, and in the Greek there's really two main thoughts that are expressed here that they would experience more of the love of God and that they would come to understand better. That both that they would have an experience and that their understanding would grow, or that they would magnify, make larger this understanding of God. 
Can, can you see if you were praying for your fellow church members, people in this room, that they would have those two experiences, do you, you think that would be helpful? Yeah? Yeah, it would be helpful. So as you're taking notes and you're writing down your prayer list and what you are going to be this week praying for your fellow church members, let's maybe enter that. Maybe Certainly in your own words. I'm not going to put it all up on the slides today to give you my words. I want you to digest this in your words so that you can pray for it this week. Does that sound good? Yeah, so that your fellow church members would have a greater experience of the love of God and a greater understanding. Yeah? Okay. So, what we also have there, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So, What's the plain, simple truth? What's the prayer topic here? Right. Yes. Yeah. So beyond our current understanding, beyond our maybe even our current ability. And we get that made complete, or some translations will be uh, render it made perfect. So brought to completion, which is not to say that you are going to become a different person. It is to say that who God created you uniquely to be, who God designed you uniquely to be, would come to full health, would come to full strength of character, would come to experience the love of God more fully. Are we making sense? So maybe in your own words, in your notes, write out how you would express that in what you are going to pray for other members of the church this week. I mean, I know it might sound strange, but I'm human. I, I think my heart would be warmed to know that you were praying that this week I would experience the love of God. That sounds great. And that my understanding would be expanded. That I would grow in my understanding. That I would experience more. How wide, how deep the love of... That's heartwarming, right? To know that somebody else is praying that for you. Because the reality is that we find healing and freedom from life's hurts, hang-ups, and habits when we experience the love of God more fully. When we come to see our own value more completely. When we come to understand that God loves us perfectly. When we taste and see that the Lord is good. It's a transformative, life-giving experience. 
something good for us to pray for each other, that God would grant us a spirit of wisdom to know Him better, eyes open to know Him, and, and that we would find our hope in God, that God would strengthen them, each other, in this local church, that Jesus would dwell in them so that they would understand His love. So good. All right, let's continue. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. So, what we're looking at here, what is the prayer topic? What is the prayer topic? I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. So in your own words today, what's the plain, simple truth? What's the prayer topic there? Yeah, absolutely. So the first half of what you just said, very much connected to the Ephesians ones, right? So again, experiencing the love of God more fully, coming to understand the love of God more fully, and what you point out so there, Justin, that there would be transformative, that there would bring a change in behavior, a change in strength of character. And did I miss, was there another? Yeah. So anybody else? Danielle? Right. The fruit. Keith, what were you going to say? Right. The faith and love of God would be reflected in what we bring to the community. Right? Now, one of the things that is beautiful about the analogy of fruit that we see in the Scripture as it relates to talking about change in our own lives, is that it is not talking about you forcing something. It is not talking about you faking something. Any discussion of that is faulty and weak and is not going to be helpful. Spiritual fruit change in your character in your life is not something that you fake or force. It is a spiritual outworking, a benefit, a life of God in you that springs out. The analogy of the tree, the analogy of the fruit-bearing tree, it is God who designed the tree. It is God who gives the tree an ability to grow. It is God who plants the tree in soil that is rich, that is nutritious, that is life-giving. It is God who designed the tree for its roots to grow down, as we saw the analogy in Ephesians chapter 2, right? It is God who designed the tree to communicate with the roots in times of difficulty, in times of winter, where the roots will grow more than they do in other seasons, reaching out for the life-giving power of God, and that when the seasons change and God brings about a life-giving season for the tree, that there is within the DNA of the tree and ability to produce fruit. And God gives the tree life, right? The tree doesn't force and 
put out fake fruit. The tree, when healthy, can't help but produce fruit. It is a byproduct, a benefit, a result. And here's what I think is so important. When we come to learn and to realize that if we will receive the love of God, respond to the love of God in a way that is healthy, that spiritual health will be produced in our lives, the shalom peace of God bringing each area to its fulfillment. When we come to a place of a healthy response to God, spiritual health is the natural spiritual product of that and the life change in us the change in our character is something that we cannot help it's produced that's the opposite of the other major religions particularly those that were founded at the time of this writing they want you to act different and to come and to act in a different way so that you can be accepted This is not Christianity in its true form. This is not what it means to find and follow Jesus, which is why this is a safe place. Because in this room, we have forgiven sinners. You come to receive the love of God, to receive His forgiveness. Spiritual fruit will be the outworking of that. But we cannot miss the context of this verse is within the local church. Continuing, Colossians. If you've got a physical Bible with you, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Colossians 1, verses 9 through 12. Oh, i got to hurry up now. I just looked at the clock for the first time this morning. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray you will be strengthened with all His glorious power so you will have the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. So, what's the plain, simple truth? What is the prayer topic? Yes? I see it as uh, praying for your brothers and sisters, for other people, which um, conjures up to me the, uh, the uh, second greatest commandment, which is to love your brother as yourself. Yes. Yes. Praying for your spiritual brothers and sisters, along with the words of Christ, to love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly right. Out of love. And if we do a full Bible study on the topic of praying for others within the context of the local church, it cannot be removed from that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which often gets quoted at weddings, is actually within the context of 1 Corinthians 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, leading into 14, which is talking about our spiritual gifts and how we serve each other with our spiritual gifts. So having a love that is faithful and patient and kind, selfless, not strutting, not demanding our own way, is actually talking about relationships within the 
local church. And this applies, rightfully so, as you said, to how we pray for each other. If I will pray, Lord, I just ask that Ross would bring me some really good home-cooked food this week. That's a selfish prayer. Right? Right? God, I ask that you would help Ross to experience your love this week, to grow in your love this week, and that out of it he would be surprised by spiritual fruit in his life, that he would experience, what's the last one there in that verse? Joy! And God, help me know that I should bring him some home-cooked food. That would be exactly right, more in keeping with the spirit of what Jesus asked of us. Are you with me? Okay. I have used up all my time and not gotten through. I got through half of the verses for today, so please feel free to jot those down. Here's what I would ask of you. This week, would you please take these verses, write a prayer list, and then pray for your fellow church members along the lines of this list. That was so nice, I'll say it twice. Would you this week take these verses, read them, write a prayer list, and pray for your fellow church members along the lines of that list. Think about this, this is fantastic. You already know that there are going to be other people praying for you this week. Your day just got better. Hello? Right? Somebody else is going to be praying for you. Pastor Ben, that's incredibly simple. I know. That's why I love it. Now, what you will find in these other verses are going to be very important for us as a church family in this quarter. Because we are in the process of working on a new facility and other changes that are going to help us structurally be prepared to quadruple as a church. We are taking steps to be able to grow, to make room. Not for people to come out of a fantasy, but your family members, your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends. The people that God is going to put on your heart for you to invite. So every month we serve 200 unique people. Every month we have 73 unique people that attend this church serving 200 people. Something's going to change. And let me tell you, something needs to change. The way that we go forward to growth is not by forcing it or faking it. I'm so glad he said that. (laughs) And it's not where we go forward feeling disconnected, isolated, lonely. Hello? Narcissistic, self-focused, focused on our own challenges. The way that we go forward, you will see in the remaining verses, is when we are praying also for the advancement of the gospel. The early church prayed specifically that God would provide the ability to communicate the good news of Jesus, that God would provide the opportunity for the good news of Jesus to come, that our enemy, his agents, and works and effects would be bound. I'm not going to go into it right now. I don't want to make anyone nervous. Listen, God the Father is sovereign. God the Son is victorious. God the Holy Spirit is at work. 
And our enemy is at work against us. There are things happening in this neighborhood. I believe there's been a new assignment from our enemy to snuff out the churches of this neighborhood now in this quarter. Some of you in this room and some of you that will be listening to this recording have been affected by that. God, the Father, is sovereign. God, the Son, is victorious. God, the Holy Spirit, is at work. Let us come together. Let us love each other. Let us pray for each other. Let us pray this week that each person in this church family would experience the love of God more, would have an expanded understanding of God, and that the fruit would spontaneously burst out, and that it would include joy. I think I could do that. We love you. I love being a part of this church. It is a good thing. It is a victorious thing. We close with these thoughts. If we see God answer these prayer requests, then the church will look victorious. As Jesus said in Matthew 16 and verse 18. Fully devoted and overflowing with love, as we see evidence in Acts 2, 42 through 47, and unified so that people will know that Jesus is the Messiah, as we see in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, John 17, 20 through 23, and John 13, 35, 34 and 35. This is gonna be the result. And This is going to be life-giving. It's going to be enjoyable. It's going to mean that tomorrow is better than today. It means that we have hope and joy and purpose. Will you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. I just want to encourage you. I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of this because I believe that it is God that is directing us. I'm so thankful to have given my life to you. My long-term commitment is to you. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful to know that you are committed to me. That when times get tough, we're not going to take the ring off. We're fully devoted to Jesus. We're fully devoted to each other. And that means... We win. We serve a victorious Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you so very much that you invite us into this relationship with you, this personal relationship with you that means love, that means experiencing your love more fully, that means coming to understand you more completely. I thank you that you give us the opportunity to pray for each other. I thank you that you give us the opportunity to experience your new life, your more complete life that goes beyond what we are capable in and of itself. Help us, Lord, as this week our enemy comes to resist our prayers. Help us to focus on you. Help us to focus on you. Reach out to each other. Text each other. Call each other. Email each other with encouragement, with love, with life. We thank you for who you are, for all that you have done today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. Please enjoy something to eat or drink. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.